0: You guys want some cookies? Cookies,
1: cookies, cookies, cookies. Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castro and hey
0: Bob. Oh. Is that who you are now? Yeah, you know, it's the Beastie Boys episode. So I just wanted to come in. Oh, Bob. Come in funky fresh. I thought that was, oh, the, right, Bob. That was the right way to go. No?
1: You have ruined this podcast. Man, that was new record.
0: New record.
1: <laughs> uh, you heard, of course, the great Corky Romano at the top of the show, Chris Gattan. And it did get me thinking, Bob, that a uh, bit of a missed opportunity for you when I turned 40 uh, last month that cameo was sitting right there as a goldmine, as a gift. And I don't know if either you didn't think of me or you just missed it as a podcast opportunity. Either way, just a disappointment there that we didn't get the Catan cameo in that big spot.
0: You have gone on record as being very anti-cameo for yourself. Right. So I feel like that should carry over. Any man with dignity and respect would also hold that same standard to others, and you wouldn't want that as your gift.
1: No, I love that Chris Katan doesn't have any standards <laughs> or dignity. That's funny. <laughs> that's the whole thing that's great about it. Well, him.
0: when you put it that way, I did fuck up. You're right. That's a my bad.
1: But we you know what? That.
0: There's there's like a 50-50 chance you're going to turn 41 someday, and then boom, Katan.
1: It is actually a 50-50 chance. <laughs>
0: it's right. Hi, you guys want some cookies, cookies, cookies? Love that guy. Love it.
1: Uh, hasn't seen a cent for the, for the show so far. No, never will. So far. But remember when the violinist, the disgraced violinist of Dave Matthews band. Boyd Tinsley. Uh, he followed us on Twitter. He did. If Gatan comes after us.
0: Well, Boyd never came after us. He just followed us, which was horrifying because yeah. we've never said a good thing about Boyd on this podcast. Yes, we are tremendous Dave Matthews band fans, but we, we really ran with that Boyd Tinsley Being a potential sexual predator story I
1: mean, mean, you did a little bit I more reported the news Oh, is that what that was? And the litigation involved with Boyd And uh, what was it? Let me see your pubes What was it?
0: It was, yeah There was a lot You're filthy
1: Give me Mm -hmm. one of the lines I know you have it all in your head
0: Uh, No, I'll pull it up But there's definitely Like shave it below the base (laughs) The base! Yeah, shave below the base (laughs) I want you dirty (laughs)
1: But, uh, yeah, so we haven't done the cameo with Katan yet. We have to. We just need the right reason to do it. Uh, and and I just want to talk about something else, Bob. You you tend to give me a hard time about promotion of the podcast?
0: No, no, I would never do that. I give you a hard time about the lack of promotion right, of this
1: podcast. Right, exactly. Right. I, I don't uh, get out there on the streets and press the flesh and let people know to listen to this hyper- niche you, podcast that you, we uh, run every couple of weeks.
0: You are the uh, Sophia to my Alex. <laughs> wow,
1: <laughs> the call her daddy <laughs> reference. I don't think we're big with the barstool crowd either. Yeah, we probably. So. That reference isn't going to really. Land. Uh, but if that was true, Bob, how do you explain this? Tell us a bit about this throwback podcast. You you host the throwback podcast. You revisit some of your your favorite albums. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. What are you listening to these days? Uh, yeah, I started it with my uh, boyhood best friend and still best friend, Bob Castrone, yes. uh, three years mm. ago. And we essentially take an album from our past that we grew up listening to, revisit it as old men, and we drink alcohol in my garage as we <laughs> do so, and uh, just go track by track. And it's, it's a lot of fun. We've done over 100 episodes now, and we do you know different countdowns sometimes, like billboard countdowns in past years. But we focus on a lot of 90s albums and early 2000s. And uh, yeah, as far as for what I'm listening to right now. I mean, what what do you say to that, Bob?
0: I say that that's going to be submitted into evidence when the lawsuits come. You just admitted it on a radio program. What we're doing. It's a bad move.
1: Let me just say that that was on 1050 TSN 1050 Toronto.
0: No, very cool. That was very cool.
1: And Andy and Rob, who do a nice show over there, had me on the program and it promoted not just the around the NFL podcast but this very podcast and I was just wondering if you want to check a scoreboard how many that's the biggest radio sports radio station in Canada uh how you doing
0: No you are definitely winning in Canada right now and I love that you're just going to start at the top of North America hopefully make your way to the middle then maybe Mexico get to Mexico is next for me. Oh wait you're just going to go around the United yes, States Yes Okay
1: just to fuck with you I'm not going to hit America No I I will
0: uh I will compliment you and commend you for promoting us in Canada and maybe someday, someday you'll do it on this side of the border.
1: All right, so I just wanted to get there, uh, get that out there. On did the you record. take any
0: Brian Adams shots on the, uh, on the did air? Did not
1: take any Brian Bryan Adams shots, but they did, uh, I asked them what would be the Canadian artist that we should hit if there was one Canadian artist and- Biff naked. And they were very adamant. At least uh, one of the gentlemen was very adamant that bare naked Ladies stunt <laughs> was the album. And then the other guy came in off the top rope with Nickelback, unironically.
0: Unironically. Unironically. Ooh. Uh,
1: and his partner was wise enough to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on, man. Yeah, that, could get, that can get them here. thrown off the air. You don't want yeah. that at all. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe Nickelback isn't like a shamed group up north. If you're a Canadian <laughs> listener, let us know. What the, what the vibe is around Nickelback. No,
0: the partner, I heard that. The partner jumped in pretty quickly to be like, no, 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 not all Canadians. Hashtag. Yeah,
1: but it might be one of those things where, yes, people that follow music and pop culture know it's not cool to like Nickelback, but mm. they might actually still be very popular up there. I'm curious, like, where are we at on Nickelback in 2020 in the great white
0: north? I can't believe you posed that question to two Canadians and neither of them said the tragically hip. That's never happened before in Canada.
1: Oh, the tragically hip. <laughs> Briefly dated a girl from Toronto. I think I told the story, uh, and she uh, really wanted me to get into the Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the CD and then listened to it. And like half the songs were literally about hockey.
0: Yeah, the, a lot of and songs. I was like, about "Whoa, hockey. this
1: is this is uh, profoundly Canadian." They
0: know their they know their audience. <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing.
1: Anything else, Bob? Uh, before we get into the Beastie Boys and uh, what was going on in the world?
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk out? talk about something that uh, that happened on Twitter this week. Besides your uh, your amazing promotional abilities north of the border.
1: That was actually weeks ago, but I forgot to bring it up uh, on our last time together. I know, you
0: really just, you did a great job of piggybacking <laughs> off the success of that and continuing it. Um, your, uh, your co-worker, Erica Tamposi, a.k.a. Ricky Hollywood, yeah, has been going through a little bit of a, a struggle during this uh, corona. She has. Her, uh, her neighbors won't stop effing. During is it during the filming of your program? Is that is that it what's been happening?
1: It was happening uh, during yeah the recording of our Mon- our Tuesday podcast this week, but also it went on through Memorial Day weekend and to the point where nobody could sleep and there was a, a war breaking out and I think um, I think Erica and her friend Jet were blasting the Baby Shark song back up at their window. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of shenanigans going on. And it was all because there was uncontrollable banging.
0: Has she has she seen the person? Does she know who it is that's responsible? I don't
1: know how much I should I, okay. I can say, but I know I can tell you this: that um, the person that was making the noise, the, the woman, is no longer on the premises. Oh, she left. Her car's gone, and Erica may or may not now know the identity of the person who is someone that's been in the news.
0: Oh wow! I okay. can say that Octomom.
1: Yeah, but what about this?
0: Well, this uh, I like this. I thought this was a fun story. I thought this was cool. So I uh, put a tweet out to the Throwback Podcast people at Throwback Pod. Let's help Erica out. Her neighbors can't stop effing. She's blasting music to kill the mood. Let's add songs to this playlist to make it so they can never eff again. And we got about <laughs> 100 songs that were submitted into the Spotify collaborative playlist. Thank wow. you to everybody who participated. This wait, is, that's something
1: you could do? That's nice. It's yeah. a nice little feature for that little platform. This
0: is, we've been doing it on the throwback pod for three years now. We do it one every year, Dan. Oh, okay. Thanks for plugging
1: that's in. Fun.
0: That's fun. Uh number one in Canada. We got some we got some songs. So I just wanted to play a couple of the submissions that we got to see if you think you could fuck to these. Okay. Okay, here we go.
1: If, wait, if I could.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. would this stop you from fucking? Since What's that is the goal pussycat? of this playlist. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Oh, that's terrible. What's new, Pussycat? No, of course not. Next,
0: what's new? Pussy got Tom Jones. That, this would be a tough one to fuck to. I never really realized how bad it was.
1: I don't know how Tom Jones is a thing. I don't even get it. I honestly don't. What else? So find-
0: uh, that was a good one. How about this one?
1: Wait, why would you put the Fresh Prince song on?
0: Do you think you could fuck to this? The whole point is blasting this out a window to stop somebody from fucking. Do you think you could fuck to this?
1: Oh, now I get the I get the premise. Your so this would, would be to stop people stop from it fucking. From happening. Yes. Okay. This would I'm not playing playing stop it. me. Tom Jones would.
0: Okay. So you yeah. can no, fuck no, to I'm the reference of it. Okay. Can you fuck to Axel F by Crazy Frog?
1: What's going on? Oh, oh this would enhance me. <laughs> I would have stim like a sting like stamina. <laughs> If you play this.
0: <laughs> I can see you fucking with this, actually. This is, I think, the only thing you fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is this is an excellent song.
0: This is <laughs> right? arousing. Um, we got a lot of submissions of, like, kids' songs. Of course, those would be hard to fuck, to.
1: That's almost cheating, though.
0: I, uh, I threw out, like, Christmas music would be very difficult to fuck, to. Distracting, spe- yeah. Especially the song about the buying mom new shoes before she died and went to heaven. That's, like, my favorite.
1: I don't know if I know that one.
0: We'll play it. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do it all up. So it's like a Hanukkah song? Uh, come on, dude, come on. That's anti-Semitic. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, threw out this one, and I think this person completely missed the boat.
1: Nice, nice.
0: nice. Um, do you have any idea how much fucking did this was going on in 1998?
1: Th- there was zero fucking, Bob. There was a lot of love, a lot making. of love
0: making, but this would not stop two people already in the act. This no,
1: f- no screwing, but people were sleeping together. That's to the true. The sleeping together coming back? No, that's you could bring it back. I don't want to bring it back. I just was wondering if you've heard it used.
0: Can you fuck to the Proclaimers? For sure. It gives you a little like... could you not?
1: It even gives you a tempo.
0: It gives you a tempo, but it's kind of like the My Doorbell conundrum. Like, it's giving you a tempo, but is this really a fucking tempo? I, I like know. that
1: you called it the My Doorbell Conundrum, like, anyone knows what the fuck you're we talking We have, like, about. three <laughs>
0: listeners that remember when we talked about that, like, a, two years ago.
1: <laughs> you had a friend, Mike, or a current friend, who made a sex mix for his girlfriend, and My Doorbell by the White Stripes yes. is on it. Which yes. is a really fun song, but a bouncy, strange song to screw to. Interesting. I have footage, by the way, uh, of Erica, from Erica, of what they were forced to listen to. I'm going to play some of that for you. Okay. And then I will text her after the show and let, see. If this me, is a let me let me just throw news. out two more that I like okay.
0: that I thought were pretty good submissions. Uh, because I got high by Afro Man.
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. That I mean, wouldn't be. That wouldn't stop me. Certainly. It wouldn't stop
0: me, but it would be a little distracting. I think.
1: I think there would be a moment where both. Both the people would pause and be like, Wait, is this that song? And then they would go, Okay, and then they'd resume porking. How about this? Oh. Turn this up in my headphones.
0: Oh, with you back to the spit you out on the bed. angry who?
1: better back I bet you took a gun to school, too.
0: Uh, that's obviously all you fuck to. You know, and
1: I've gotten a lot of tweets, Bob. People that either were not aware of Simple Creed off Live's album 5 from 2001, <laughs> and they were like, this song secretly slaps, as the kids say. And they they have been introduced to Simple Creed. Look at that towering guitar. This is a good song, Bob.
0: And I think you can fuck to it. But could you fuck to Vitamin C's Graduation <laughs> Friends Forever? <laughs>
1: Yeah, right? Would this stop you? Vitamin C was cute.
0: Very little would stop me. <laughs> Once that train is out, out of the I think Tom station. Jones
1: is really the only thing that would stop me. All right. There's something about Tom Jones that is off-putting. Oh, this would be fine.
0: Yeah, I could fight with this.
1: If anything has a bit of like a hip-hop beat to it. See, rhythm is a big part of it. If it yes. has a type of rhythm to it, unless it's something very strange. That takes you out of it totally. The rhythm is all you need.
0: There was a lot of, um, a lot of like screamo heavy metal kind of music. How many music more to, are the
1: songs are we going to listen to?
0: I don't know. We've, I was just waiting for you. I just actually wanted to hear a little Ween on the podcast. I didn't know when we'd ever be able to play Ween on the throwback pod ever again. So
1: I would say put Ween on uh, a pole uh, just to satiate that, and then it would never win. But then Ween would probably win.
0: They would win because you would, that would be the one you didn't want to win. So that's what it happens. Seems every to happen.
1: Time every time we do a poll uh, this by the way is what the uh Ricky and Jet have been hearing from their West Hollywood apartment all through the weekend a little bit faint but you get the you get No, the
0: you here. definitely get it. I've never heard that before in person. <laughs> sounds sounds lovely.
1: Um all right where are we at? Okay, so we're doing the Beastie Boys today. That's we are.
0: Fun. Yes, we did a Patreon poll where our Patreones on patreon.com slash throwbackpod had to choose between four Beastie Boy albums.
1: What were the choices,
0: Bob? Their choices were Paul's Boutique, Ill Communication, Licensed Ill, Ill, and, and what was the other one? Hello Nasty. Hello Nasty, yes, thank you. All, All right, let I'm me
1: predict right the order in terms of the voting. I don't know. Obviously, I know Ill Communication won. Uh, licensed to ill second.
0: Yes, by one percentage point.
1: Okay. Uh, hello nasty third. Yes, Paul's boutique fourth. You got it.
0: And, and we I, and we got a couple of uh, tweets where it's like, what about check your head? That wasn't going to win. No, no. Neither that, was Paul's boutique, to be honest. But I like Paul's boutique.
1: And and hello nasty is locked away in our archives during um, the nascent period of the throwback podcast. We did record a nasty uh, hello nasty album but we you know it wasn't up to snuff and uh we thought we could do better we we're still figuring out how to do the show so i don't i barely remember anything we talked about that show and not, but i will tell you this i'm far more knowledgeable on the beastie boys after watching the spike jones documentary on apple um plus which was pretty good uh it, i i didn't i wouldn't say i loved it but i i loved learning more about the band because i am not The biggest Beastie Boys fan to the point where I know a lot about their history. Everyone knows kind of their general backstory, which was they burst on the scene as this this party boy, half rock, half rap type thing uh, in the late 80s. And then they matured and became more nuanced and had a little bit more just um, something more to them as they matured and, and went through the 90s. And of, of course, Adam Yawk is now no longer with us, and the band ended at that point. So, I knew kind of the broad strokes, but having watched that documentary, I'm really excited to listen to this album because uh, I don't have a re- "Hello Nasty" is the only Beastie Boys song that I really album that I really know pretty well. At least you know half the songs. This album I know very little about beyond the singles. So, looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I got into the Beastie Boys in high school it, in part because of "Hello Nasty." I think I. I'd already sort of liked them, but then Hello Nasty made me a legitimate fan. We got to go see them at Nassau Coliseum, and I just bought their entire back catalog. So I am excited for this. My first day of college, I showed up wearing a Hello Nasty tour t-shirt just to let everybody know that I was cool. That's good. There you go. They were a cool band. Still are.
1: They were, and especially uh, they were very cool in our school, uh, which was filled with white boys uh, that... The fact that this kind of hip hop group of like three white kids from Brooklyn became cool like underground rappers—that for whatever reason Bob seemed to really connect with our uh, hometown and our high school—and the Beastie Boys were basically the coolest thing in the world right around the time of this album. Let's get into it. Track one on "Ill Communication." Everybody knows this one. Sure shot.
0: I don't yeah, think it gets mom, any. It's like I, I was rock. Peru. I don't think it gets any better than this. I love this song. Is this peak Beastie Boys? I song? think this is peak Beastie Boys. I think that's
1: fair. I think it. When you think about their best songs, this is up there.
0: It is. I remember just thinking this was so cool. It was a cool video, the black and white video. They're kind of dancing around wearing their suits. They went from being like little punk kids in leather jackets to pulling off suits in 94. You know, that wasn't like a popular look back then. It was like very grungy. It was a very grungy time. They're wearing their suits, they're styling. It was very cool.
1: Yeah, and I think that they, um, especially watching that doc, and they have obviously tons of photos from the history of the band throughout throughout the whole movie, and how they really did a big part of their changeover from the sampling that they did earlier in their career towards live music playing, They all played instruments and they very seamlessly were able to kind of blend, you know, the the look look and feel of hip hop with the alternative rock movement at the time. They were able to kind of travel in both lanes, it seemed, maybe not the sound a lot, but definitely in how they kind of dressed and how they looked. And Mm. it it always they pulled it off.
0: Well, there's like the punk Beastie Boys and the rapping Beastie Boys. And I was I'm always going to gravitate more towards the hip hop rap side of it. Of course, like, we're gonna hit a song here that's probably their biggest song ever, or one of their biggest songs ever, that is more a rock song, but like, this is the Beastie Boys that I like, which is why Paul's Boutique is one of my favorite Beastie Boy albums. Love it, and love it, is, it. it. It is a,
1: notable it, this song. Then they make a big deal of it in the doc, and also any kind of write up about the history of the band, from where they came from, uh, with some of like the misogyny in the song early on. The, the Adam York verse in this song, you know, I've got something to say that's long overdue, and he goes into that thing yep. about respecting women. They were very, I think, proud uh, of that verse, uh, and that it turned up in one of their biggest songs, and it helped, I think. Uh, Reshaped their legacy in a lot of ways. uh, That maybe if it showed up deep in the album or on a a non album track, it wouldn't become a part of their legacy. Now it's part almost the Cliffs Notes version of it. Like, yeah, they had the song Girls about, you know, doing dishes and they were very kind of just frat boy type stuff. But then when the elder statesman Adam Yacht delivered that, uh, verse it kind of changed a lot of things for them.
0: It's a they've come a long way from naming their first album and having to be talked out of calling license to ill don't be a faggot.
1: Interesting move. Interesting almost move. Almost move. Yeah.
0: They came a long way from that.
1: Alright, track two is less than a minute long. It's called Tough Guy. Let's listen. So I see what you're saying here. This is always, they kind of came up in like the, the uh, post-punk scene in New York City mm-hmm. in the early 80s and this obviously is uh, a nod to that, that that was still something they wanted to identify with and, and, and show it was still part of their DNA. Yeah, does it's too do much like, for me, but no, I, it I get it. But
0: it's weird that, it's interesting that they went back to it. Like they were away from that for some of their biggest albums and now with Check Your Head and this album, they were putting that sound back in and they, they hit big with a song coming up, but it's interesting that they sort of rediscovered kind of that playing their own instruments and being a punk band again.
1: It was interesting how they put it um, in the doc that License to Ill was basically Russell Simmons of Def Jam found them and, and said, we're going to take these white boys and make them you know, the biggest hip-hop group in the world. And Rick Rubin was the producer. And the way it was presented in the doc, and I would have lo- loved to hear Rick Rubin's side of it but now that i think about it he wasn't a part of it interesting mm-hmm. um that they went away for some for whatever reason they went and did something and they came back and rick rube said okay i have the album more or less kind of put together and they liked the sound of it and obviously it had a lot of huge hits on it fight Free your right to party and uh, what else is on that first album girls is all the Revere, girls "Grass monkey and so they kind of rolled with it they were very young at the time mm-hmm. uh but it wasn't really their vision it was more what turned out to be rick rubin and russell simmons like making them a product and this is clearly the other side of that where this is them and i think that was a message of track two let's get into track three
0: Oh! Oh, no! What was that? What oh, was that? I got fat baselines like Russell Simmons steals money. Oh, no!
1: Oh, 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 oh. oh, yeah, Bob. It's a rap feud. Oh,
0: man, I'm uncomfortable. I'm leaving. Do
1: we want to dig? We've never dig really dug into a rap feud on this podcast in the rented garage. Probably for good reason. Probably. <laughs> I mean, we haven't covered maybe many hip-hop albums in general. Uh, but, yeah, there was some money stuff, too, tied into this. The fact that that was one of the biggest, whatever you want to classify it as, but uh, it's kind of a hybrid hip-hop rock album. But Licensed to Ill was a massive runaway commercial success, mm-hmm. and they waited years to record the follow-up, and it was a total like left turn. And then they, by the time this album came out, they were on their own record label. They had severed ties with Def Jam, and it was not a pretty divorce.
0: No, this was Grand Royal. They had free reign to kind of do their own things. Sign some amazing young talent like Ben Lee And uh, just go flying
1: I'm not familiar with who Ben Lee is And well, that's not me speaking, that's America And <laughs> basically everyone outside Ben Lee's family That's fair Alright, let's listen a little
0: this is like a This is like a step down from So what do you want? which yeah. is one of my favorite Beastie Boys songs.
1: That's uncheck your head, right? Yes. Uh, this is B-Boys making with the Freak Freak, and I can tell you about this does
0: pretty much nothing for me. <laughs> see, I, I like it, but yeah, I, I can see that.
1: Just, it, it feels a little sloppy. Like, all the things that work about Sure Shot, yeah. this is like almost like a lesser version. But, that, I mean, I will say there's a lot of stuff going on. From a technical standpoint. Yeah, I know, I know. We are musicians and
0: we could we could comment when there's a lot of stuff going on. That's good. <laughs>
1: there's quite a lot of stuff going yeah. on in here. Sounds and the like.
0: Well, no Beastie Boy song is gonna uh, no Beastie Boy album is gonna make you happy because they're all over twelve tracks. So oh, if you wanna what kinda, are we on on this if you wanna kinda jump through a little oh, faster. Oh
1: Bob. What are we what are we talking here?
0: I don't know exactly, but it's oh, a it's number like a that's going gonna, gonna to upset you. Whatever it is, it's going to upset you.
1: Here's Bobo on the corner. So you get this is this is not just the Beastie Boys thing. This was an ill of all of hip hop with the albums, with all the filler, with the extra tracks. This is another...
0: They're not... Know,
1: but, it's not skits necessarily? Here, no, they're but, not
0: doing skits. They're not trying to do like... Chris Rock's not making any phone calls on this album. But... <laughs> They they were always uh, into like instrumentals, and they put out a whole album of instrumentals around this time. So uh, there are a few instrumentals. It's fucking on ponderous. Why is it ponderous? Because
1: it shows a lack of discipline. It's like great. Put it. Why don't you put it on the B sides disc?
0: Oh my god, you're such a you're such the dad next door in American Beauty.
1: No, it's, <laughs> I'm a closeted gay military man.
0: Yes, who's just like this is? <laughs> why is this here? This doesn't fit here.
1: Uh, it's just messy to me. It's too
0: messy. Clean it up and move on.
1: It show you know what it sounds like. It sounds like a band that's on its own record label. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Nobody to tell them no, but you know, if you like Bobo on the corner, hit Bob up on uh, at Throwback Pod. You don't have
0: to. You don't have to hit me up. But uh, before we get into uh, this next little stretch here, five, six, seven, this is it. We're, oh, this is good. We're about to hit the sweet spot.
1: Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, track five is called "Root Down," and Bob, I, it is does not ring a bell. So I'm excited. To hear it, let's go. That's a record. I could screw to this.
0: Oh, easily. Are you going to prove it? Come here. No, not me. Was this a single?
1: It was the fourth and final single released in 1995, Mm. according to Wikipedia. Um, It is, like I said, Root Down. The original version of the track, as well as two remixes of the track, are featured on the Root Down EP. It was released as a single in promotion of the Root Down EP. It also served as the fourth single off Ill Communication.
0: It's like a hardcore record player scratch happening this entire time the little
1: yeah a sample that's more musical analysis from the throwback pod (laughs) a sample from jazz musician jimmy smith's root down and and get it from the album root down serves as the basis for root down that makes sense there you go and the vocal sample was later sampled on the prodigy Track funky shit. Oh, how about
0: that? How about in that?
1: 1997.
0: Any tie-in with uh, your favorite Tricky at all? Any involvement?
1: Tricky, uh, he stayed away from this, okay. but uh, as you know, he's very uh, he's very careful about what he chooses.
0: One of the fun things when you're like becoming a Beastie Boy fan is trying to figure out who's who just on based on their voices. And that becomes like a thing, especially like as a teenager. You're like, "Oh, that's Mike D," or "Who's my favorite?" No, Ad Rock's my favorite because they have six names. I mean, they have their regular Jewish names, and then right. they have.
1: There's a diamond in there.
0: Yeah, there's Mike Diamond, which is Mike D. There's Ad Rock, Adam Yuck. There's Adam Horowitz. Like, you have to like kind of put it all together because sometimes they'll use one name, sometimes they'll use another. This is a more musical analysis. It's not even. It's not always easy, guys. These rappers have <laughs> all these out of them, guys. <laughs> these rappers have all these names. <laughs>
1: Uh, I always thought Adam York had the most, uh, kind of, uh, recognizable voice mm-hmm. just because it had a little bit of a growl to it. Uh, so I always knew when it was coming from him. Yeah. And then, uh, I think, uh, if I had to guess, cause again, this is coming from a non diehard, uh, the, the bratty voice is, uh, Ad-Rock.
0: Is Mike D and, uh. Horowitz both have pretty pretty bratty voices
1: and then I, was, I have something to say about Mike Diamond Mike D you know doesn't come off so cool on the uh, on the documentary really yeah I would like you to check that out Bob he I need to yeah he yeah. kind of comes off like a 57 um, year old dad who might be what the Beastie Boys of 1986 were raging against uh, You mm. know, saying turn down the music uh, you know cut your hair he, right. he doesn't he it's kind of a strange documentary uh, i i really the way it was done and it was it was directed by spike jones who's actually in it as well the it's just the two of them and it was it's a little weird it's the two surviving members of the band on a stage together uh, but they kind of act out some skits that some of them go pretty awry and uh i don't know it's i thought maybe they could have done it a little bit better but listen I'm not an Academy Award nominated or winning director like Spike Jones, so fuck me.
0: Fuck you. How about that?
1: Uh, let's get into it. Next up is a song that anyone who is alive and came of age of the 90, in the 90s
0: knows very well. This is Abra Yes
1: It's got a little bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneer to it
0: He's more sneer
1: Yeah So who
0: who dated Madonna? It was Mike D who dated Madonna, right? Really? One of them did. Wow, Mike didn't, D? She didn't date all of them. I think it was Mike D.
1: It never comes up in the documentary. So I guess they just avoided that. But also what doesn't come up is that the lyrics here were in part um, a product of uh, Ad-Rock angrily confronting paparazzi at the Florida funeral of friend and actor River Phoenix in November 93. And he went home. Met up with the producer and rapped out his anger. That is interesting. That's so interesting. <laughs> um, Remember Phoenix, of course, the uh, the brother of Jacquin. Jacquin?
0: Ma- Joaquin.
1: Joaquin, Dan. Phoenix, and...
0: Uh, oh, this part right here is the best part. Best part of the song. Boom, 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 boom,
1: boom, this is Pete Gow. They actually played all the instruments on this, and this was his bass line that kind of... They thought it was an awesome bass line. They didn't know what to do with it. It sat around for a year, and then then the River Phoenix funeral.
0: And one of the (laughs) the greatest moments in VMA history, Dan, was their performance of this song on the VMAs. Remember the stage turned around, and there they were. And this was like the biggest song at the time, and it was very cool.
1: Yes, it was a great performance. They're all in the suits, Mm -hmm. and they kind of kill it. And I think it was... It just showed how uh, versatile they were because it was just, they were up there as a band ripping through the song.
0: Madonna is um, on record as saying that she's made out with ad rock.
1: All right, that makes sense. Mike D was not... (laughs) With the <laughs> I mean, after watching that, I know that for a fact. Spike Jones directed the video. It was the famous spoof of like '70s cop shows, and they all played dudes with guts and mustaches and aviator shades running through the city looking for criminals. And uh, how about this, Bob? Number four hundred and eighty on the list of five hundred greatest songs of all time by oh, Rolling Stone cool. magazine.
0: Yeah, that became uh, that video it became a very popular. Uh, hipster Halloween costume years later.
1: Yes. And it's a great Halloween great costume. Great
0: Halloween costume. I'm not, I'm not, and hating if you, if you showed
1: up, not that we have gone near a Halloween party in years now, Bob, but if you <laughs> showed up at the frying pan in uh, lower Manhattan in 2020, if that was a thing that still happened, is Halloween not, over now because of uh, maybe never again coronavirus? But uh, people wouldn't even know what you were doing if you showed up now. What? As a beastie boy. Nobody would get it. Nobody would get it. It's not true. even close. And speaking to the critical adoration the bands gained uh, as they went through their uh, mid-period and late-period, Pitchfork Media included the song at number 39 on their top 200 tracks of the 90s list.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah! But what, what did our friend over at AllMusic, Stephen Thomas Erloin, think about ill communication stay tuned to find out oh boy that's what you call a tease here is the next track so this is the final track now of the trifecta Bob
0: I think so and this is one of my this is maybe my favorite beastie boy song that's not like a big hit
1: okay here so. it is get it together oh <laughs> <laughs> One, two, one, two, keep it on Listen to
0: the shit because we keep it on, to the yeah. it going
1: on. No, I like how you caught yourself there, <laughs> even. It was authentic when Bob yeah. did it It was coming from a real place it was. but then he caught himself You said and Q-tip and
0: down. I got <laughs> even more excited <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't do even it, even can't
1: do the <laughs> 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 And my mouth is not butt, but fuck it. Let me get down to the rhythm. Yes, I get funky and I'm on my I'm like John Boone, the X-rated nigga. Listen
0: to the shit, cause I am the ill figure. Yeah, any bigger than this. Get it together. Get it, get it together. Get it Phone is ringing. Oh my God. Get it together.
1: <laughs> nice. So this is the second single off the album, Get It Together. Strangely, Bob, the... The single release did not include Q-Tip.
0: What really? I've never even heard a version without Q-Tip.
1: Right. It was. It, it, they are not. Uh, he's of course Q-Tip from a tribe called Quest. It's not on the single version. And this is, I guess, it's it's a nice one-two punch for you introducing the album to record buyers because Sabotage obviously is a straight kind of almost rock song, and it's uh, you know features the band playing all the instruments. And now here is a more kind of traditional hip-hop song with s- uses of samples, again, showing that they were, you know, maybe the most versatile uh, big group in the country at this point.
0: I want to hear that no Q-tip version. That sounds, that's weird to me because Q-tip is this song to me. Yeah,
1: I don't know why you would take him out unless there was some record label shit? Who knows? Let's we'll see if I can find it. like my name was but i had to do the just let me on the on the let me kick the off cuz the the herb but the with the just i like this one a lot yeah it's
0: really catering to uh suburban white guys who love the beastie boys and like ki- like we're kind of getting into tribe called quest but Maybe maybe they were still a little scared, right? Boom! Q-tips, boys with buddies with the Beastie Boys. It's all good. Phew.
1: So they were kind of like a gateway. They were. I remember the uh, uh, a Christmas gift I got right around. I'd say it was like ninety nine two thousand. They had a greatest hits retrospective called "The Sound of Science." I that was a called.
0: very popular ant gift around yes. then. Yes, I got that very too. Very safe ant yes. gift
1: at the time. And uh, I remember "Get It Together" was on it, so I was familiar with that, even though I wasn't familiar with the album. So that was good. Nice trifecta there. You uh, were astute with your analysis. We did it.
0: Me and the guys, we uh, we did that.
1: <laughs> so here is, uh, coming up next, is a track called Sobrosa. Oh,
0: yeah. Can I do that? Oh, yeah. Can I do one of those?
1: It did feel more authentic, I would okay. say. It felt like more in your lane. Got it. But I don't want to hold you back, Bob, if you want to do... No, I don't. Now I, I feel bad that I even mentioned it. I, I just noticed it and I, I spoke on it because there's a microphone in front of my face. But I should have probably let you just no, no, stew with no, that. No, yeah, I need you to hold. I need you to hold me that back. What it was?
0: I need you to hold me back. You know, people. Yeah, people, people, people will <laughs> like people will like tweet at us like, "When are you going to do the chronic?" And it's like, "Oh, that'd be I would love to listen to the chronic, but the thought of us sitting here doing it is horrifying. <laughs> Very difficult to imagine. There's no way we don't screw that up.
1: Uh, all right, this is this going to be a song? song? I think no, this
0: is an instrumental.
1: Cool, well, I'll go with that. Nice. How about a little bit of discipline,
0: fellas? What was it like living next door to Kevin Spacey?
1: <laughs> I mean, he seemed nice, but uh, I just was—I have to be honest with you. When I saw his pecs starting to develop, mm-hmm. I did. I did. It start It made me feel things that I had been suppressing for a long time. You weren't time. Ready, You weren't ready to feel it. You know Kevin Spacey uh, turning out <laughs> to be an evil pervert. You know that was obviously a, a surprise, not to people deep in the industry, apparently. But uh, it did it does cost us his career essentially, uh, because like Louis and Ryan Adams, the all all the art is basically wiped away as well. Have you noticed that? I was reading something about FX and uh, the show Dave, which we both like a lot, The yes. Little Dickie Show. And uh, it was like a, a, it was a store, I think it was in AB Club. I was just talking about how Dave is the latest, essentially, you know, really solid, fundamentally well done show from FX. Mm-hmm. And then it named uh, Atlanta, this and that and that. And then it completely omitted Louie from the write-up. And wow. I was like, "I and I am not here to, to defend Louis. I'll let... Uh, no, you do that off mic. I'll wait, let you Dave until, Chappelle do that. You wait publicly. until the microphone
0: is off and then you're just the number one defender.
1: But can we at least be honest and say uh, that Atlanta doesn't exist and Dave doesn't exist without Louis? I mean...
0: Oh, I, I just referenced Louis in a, in a meeting the other day as an example of... The big thing with Louis at the time was that he didn't use any notes. He just kind of did his own thing and it worked. And I thought in that moment that like more people would give comedians the opportunity to do their own thing without like noting them to death and kind of changing their art into something else. But even as I was kind of making that point, I'm like, I am talking about Louis C.K. right now. This is not a good thing to be mentioning.
1: And I, I guess I just, my take on this, not to steer too far away from the subject matter tonight, but my take on this is you start to get into a weird gray area when you're actually kind of discussing the art form and the critiquing it all and then you're leaving out a piece of history because the guy turned out to be a scumbag that I don't think that should be happening I'm just that is my take okay that's a is that a fiery take I don't know and it doesn't a, mean I'm defending no, Louis, Louie but
0: it's it's the take of a guy who's definitely a scumbag
1: Thank you. like think about it this way You almost certainly will be ensnared in some type of horrific scandal in the next five to 15 months. Lord willing. This podcast would essentially disappear, and that would be a bummer.
0: Oh, yeah, we'd have
1: to. I mean, the podcast would be over, but then it would be wiped. Yes. Completely. Yeah, totally. And you know That's that's sad to think You are
0: way more likely To wipe this podcast than me You have way more at stake With your uh...
1: Let's just focus on My take on this though (laughs) That you are the one That's on the danger zone
0: Okay
1: Here's the update Oh but yeah American Beauty I I know there's been A a take That's developed In the last five or ten years That that's not a good movie Fuck you That's a good movie and it's a little bit ponderous. It's yes. ponderous, yeah. But you know what? It was perfect. Uh, it was a perfect movie of its time. It was very 1999 towers shimmering in the in the sunset light. That and it, it did have from
0: all the way from the suburbs.
1: Yeah, it was it was shimmering, <laughs> Bob. Uh, and I I think that uh, that's kind of a bummer. But Kevin Spacey turns out he's a monster and a dick.
0: Yeah, a dick monster. A
1: dick monster or a monster dick. All right. Anything to say about the update, Bob?
0: No, I don't really remember it, but uh, there's a lot of that like feedback in this, uh, a lot of that effect right there that they're doing yes. in this album. And I don't, I don't that love effect. that. I don't love that. You don't? No.
1: What, you mean like the, uh, the, sort of the distorted microphone? Distorted microphone, yeah. They maybe fall in love with that a little bit. Here's uh, Futterman's Rule. It's almost like the uh, Scott Weiland Memorial singing into the megaphone effect. Yes. Yeah. We're in hour seven of the Ill Communication podcast.
0: And this is another instrumental.
1: How about a little bit of discipline, boys?
0: (laughs) Discipline.
1: I wish eight of these songs got canceled.
0: Oh, no. Like Mr. Futterman <laughs> got ensnared f- in something.
1: Has there ever been a man named Futterman that wasn't a pervert?
0: No, you got to be a pervert. You got to have a mustache like mine if you are <laughs> named Futterman.
1: Where where are we at on the mustache right now, Bob? You, are, you, you certainly seem to like it. And here's my take on it, having known you for decades now, that... I think you're starting to embrace the mustache. Yes, that's accurate. As I remember, your father had a mustache. My dad,
0: always, every day, never didn't have a mustache.
1: You are now well into your 40s.
0: Well, I'm I'm like a few months into my 40s.
1: And you're a dad, and you have no chance of being cool from this point onward. Accurate. And you're trying and failing to start a, a dad band called the Dad Bods.
0: You know, Corona really uh, derailed us. I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg talking about Quibi. Yeah, everything was in the cards to be a big success. But uh, unfortunately, Corona, just we weren't ready for it.
1: So you're like taking the Vince McMahon XFL2 <laughs> stance? <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, my point is, I think this is going to take. I think this is just something you're always going to have, man.
0: Here's what I like about it currently. We're entering the summer. LA is getting hot. Yep, it was a very hot day today. Uh, bad time to grow a beard, but this little this little stash right here, right, doesn't doesn't keep me hot, doesn't make me warm. It's just this anti-stylish thing on my face that distracts from the rest of my ugly face. What's not to love?
1: The distraction of it all is very good. It's holding up. So that's my that's my prediction, and I I almost don't want to say because I don't not that I would, but I don't want to influence it in any way. I just want to see if nature takes its course and you kind of ease into mid-age middle age with this mustache for decades. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like that's what I, that ha- I could see yeah. that happening, yeah. Now here's the one thing to look out for, Bob. You got to keep your hair up top. Because I know. if you go bald, bald guy with a mustache suddenly looks like a science teacher.
0: Science teacher or guess who character?
1: And an avid bowler.
0: Which by the way, I'm saying I'd be into bowling when uh, when this is all over. Let's stick our fingers into some uh, bowling balls. Get going.
1: Is that a Kevin Spacey line? <laughs> all right, here's all right here. This, <laughs> or you can lean into it. You could be like the guy who goes bald and then lets the side and back just stay big, and then you have the and then all of a sudden you're basically Gallagher. And no, was, I've that t- wasn't bad.
0: I've have t- talked about my bald plan on the podcast before. I'm getting jacked when I go when I go bald. <laughs> oh, that's- so I'm fine
1: why does that feel like it's going to be as successful as the dad bods band
0: it's going to be as successful as the mustache
1: (laughs) all right all right here is here this anything else you want to hear from all right here this stuff
0: no good with this oh
1: I I did want to note that it took let's see one two three four five six seven this is an album with like I don't know. We got to find out how many songs are in this fucking thing. But um, it took seven tracks to uh, hear all four singles, so it's front loaded. Yep, front loaded for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next up is Eugene's Lament. Do you remember anything in the middle to back half of the album that jumped out at you? By the way,
0: no, not really. Because I had, I think you I had this, something to look forward to. Here, I had a cassette of this. I don't think I had the CD. I never had the CD. I somehow obtained a cassette, and that was all I had. So I really don't remember like side two.
1: Hmm. Okay. Here we go. Eugene's lament. Is this another instrumental?
0: I believe so. Oh boy. Dan clearly sticking his flag on the side of Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons.
1: <laughs> no, I I will say, and this is what I'll say. I'm not going to. I'm not saying it.
0: you're. I'm not saying you're wrong to do that. But.
1: It's an art. It's an artistic uh, decision. To kind of make a meandering, holy fuck, 20 track album. Um, 20 tracks in almost an hour long, exactly. You're making a statement that you're eclectic, but it's almost like you're going a little bit overboard to, to show everyone how eclectic you are. Mm. So I'm going to put this vaguely like this could have been in The Love Guru. <laughs>
0: Which means you should love it, since you like anything associated with that movie.
1: I mean, I do love some late-period Mike Myers, but uh, Yak was, he was like traveling around the world by this point, and
0: They were big into Tibet around this time. This
1: feels like Tibet is to blame here.
0: The beginning of Tibet being to blame for things?
1: <laughs> I mean, I was, listen, I was as supportive as anyone else about what was happening in Tibet in the late 90s, and <laughs> the 90s. Uh, but in this case, I'm going to have to hand Tibet an L.
0: I mean, I was big into, were they saying free Tibet? Yeah, big into yeah. free Tibet. Yeah.
1: I, on, in this case, Eugene's lament, I will have to side with the enemies of Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> it's bold. Very dangerous to not know what was going on in this uh, <laughs> Tibet crisis. Could be siding with uh, yeah. the Nazis of the 90s. You're siding with some bad people, I'm sure. <laughs> real, this uh, is a good song. Troubling characters. Here's Flute Loop. Give me like little flute. Yeah, loop. give me any
0: hip hop song with a flute in it. I'm a
1: little bit it. of a, a, the rare flute hook.
0: But it does sound like this was the song they wrote before they figured out Sure Shot. And they're like, oh, Sure Shot's the best version of this kind of song.
1: So my take is not, beyond the fact that this is a bloated album and could have used Rick Rubin, um, my take is. I wonder if I am just one of those guys that likes three or four Beastie Boys songs off every album, and to me, they're a singles band. Right. Which I'm sure to hardcore Beastie ba- boy fans like yourself is, you know, sacrilege, but... Uh,
0: no, I get that, though, because I do think that...
1: Because I remember Hello Nasty, an album I listened to a lot because we were playing it all the time when it came out that summer. Even that album, I, I remember it being very long and had a lot of filler in between some awesome songs, so... Maybe it's just you have to have patience with the Beastie Boys.
0: They're a perfect mix CD band.
1: Yes, I agree with that for sure. Uh, Here's Do It. Who else was banging Madonna in the 90s? What's the complete list? Warren Beatty,
0: Vanilla Ice,
1: Vanilla Ice, Ad Rock,
0: Ad Rock. That was '80s though, because they were opening for Madonna in the '80s.
1: He was getting with Madonna during the you know Living on a Prayer tour or the No like it
0: would prayer have been tour. before that, right? It was around the time that uh, they both came the out '87,
1: '86, '87. Oh yeah, so yeah, that was it. Good for him. It's a nice job by him. Yeah, uh, he's a Beastie Boy, Come on. Jose Canseco.
0: Oh, right. Canseco. Seiko's
1: getting in there. Uh, Dennis Rodman. Right. right. Tupac. Jesus. God. What a run.
0: Uh, Mike Myers. <laughs> in that erotica. Oh, in the
1: erotica spoof. Yes. He did. He did have relations with Madonna. Uh, Carlos Leone, the guy who fathered the child. You would think. But yeah. I don't think he, was, he counts as famous pretty interesting roster.
0: Sean Penn? Do you say Sean Penn?
1: Penn, yep. yep. Go back to the 80s, of course. They were married. Who is the person that the guy that was Tom Hanks? Hanks, maybe banged.
0: Maybe during Madonna. a league of their own. You got it in there.
1: There was someone that Madonna said she was into and he said, oh, "She's not my type." And they never got together.
0: I'm to that was, was that was me in 1994. <laughs> I passed. I was 14, total virgin. Smart. I was like, "You know what? Not my not my thing."
1: Imagine losing your V-card to Madonna in the 90s. <laughs> that would be a wild. I'm almost certain, um, speaking of coming age, uh, coming of age in the 90s, the uh, film Body of Evidence, mm-hmm. I'm almost certain there was actual penetration with uh, Willem Dafoe and Madonna and some of those candle wax scenes.
0: Mm, the candle wax. I forgot about the candle wax oh, yeah, scenes.
1: A pretty fucking horrific film.
0: That was a big deal.
1: It was a total... Um, Rip off of I was gonna say sliver, no, not sliver, basic instinct. A rip off of basic instinct with Madonna in the Sharon Stone role and Willem Defoe in the Michael Douglas role. Mm. And she played instead of killing with an ice pick, it was something else ridiculous, but everything else is basically right. It was the same same exact movie, all right.
0: Which for young pervs, it was great when those would pop up on Showtime,
1: pretty big deal. When Madonna tried to be an actor and uh, those scenes started popping up. All right, here we go. And I believe, Bob, you waited online and got the uh, Book of Sex by Madonna in '93.
0: That's true. I was uh, 13 years old. (laughs) I had my mom drop me off the Tower Records, and I waited there. She Gave you
1: thirty dollars.
0: Gave me thirty dollars, <laughs> and I waited there for three straight days. I had to sleep out overnight for two nights to get the Book of Sex.
1: What did you? What did you tell your mom you were getting?
0: The Book of Sex <laughs> by Madonna.
1: She was a huge Madonna fan. Yeah, she really. Your mom uh, was really big on how Madonna subverted what society expected <laughs> of her, and was well, not afraid to push the button. It was art. Sexuality. It was
0: art. My mom was basically uh, Gillian Anderson from Sex Education. She was pushing me. Towards accepting myself and sexuality So yeah She left me outside in Nanuet for three straight days To buy that
1: I try to get into that show But I think the fact that the mom was so open about sex Was actually It was for some reason like Making me uncomfortable to the point where I couldn't watch Really? Yeah I don't know Who wants to think anything mom related with stuff like that
0: But it's Gillian Anderson
1: She's like oh go fuck that girl And it's like talking to her like a teenage son
0: She's so good in that I had to Google: Is Gillian Anderson British? Because I and I knew she wasn't, but it was like she's really fooling me here.
1: Yeah, for for forever, it's been assumed that British people can easily do an American accent, and Americans can't do British accent. Right, right. But let me tell you something: Everybody's got to calm down a little bit. I know we have a lot of listeners overseas. I mean no disrespect. But I hear some horrendous American accents coming from people in the uh, UK.
0: One of our—that's one of our favorite things when uh, you and I are watching bad movies and or bad TV shows. Like there was a show called My Generation, yes, which we were obsessed with. And maybe maybe we shouldn't even get into the whole My Generation thing. Right I don't think now. we're ready to yet. But uh, there was a character in it who was British, and whenever he would get emotional, yes. he would just break in enti- Like he was supposed to be from like Texas, and whenever he would get emotional. It would just crumble, and it was hilarious. He's and like, uh, Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy, same thing. He can't keep it when he gets emotional. Even
1: uh, even McNulty from The Wire, a great performance overall. Another British actor who was playing a Baltimore cop, he'd be like uh, in this thick Maryland-Baltimore accent, and then anytime he had a yell, that's the kryptonite mm-hmm. of the British Yelling. actor. <laughs> if they have to raise their voice, they'd be, like, they'd be like, I don't know what to do about this criminal... But I'm so sick of it, and I can't stand it anymore. (laughs) But yeah, so let's
0: get back to the warehouse. We need need to
1: tap the wire.
0: (laughs) I'm watching billions right now, and I'm waiting for Damian Lewis to break. He hasn't done it yet, but it's going to happen. He just has to raise his
1: voice. Yeah, that's it. The kryptonite. So next time you you know you come with a snarky take about the inability, uh, or or brag, get a little braggy about how the British actors have mastered the American accent.
0: Yell. Yell. Let me me hear you yell.
1: And then let's see how braggy you are. Get upset. Here's the scoop. My good buddy, handsome Hank, Henry Hodgson of uh, NFL Media, um, a, a native of England, the Oxford area, I believe. He does something where his default... American accent is always Texan.
0: That makes sense because that's what we do. We just do like a Beatles accent, like when you need. Right,
1: to. and I would think the default American accent is either Texan or just New York or like Valley Girl. Right. I've seen I've
0: seen like actresses do that on talk shows where like they'll just go to like a Valley Girl thing.
1: Uh, we're blown through a, a whole bunch of uh, mid album filler. I feel like, uh, but here's the scoop. Check me.
0: Better
1: believe it, y'all. This is rough and tough. Oh, I like this part. This it's good. The scoop.
0: Yeah, give me give me hip hop Beastie Boys over punk Beastie Boys any day.
1: They put down the goddamn megaphone, and that's a start.
0: <laughs> um, I was so excited to hear uh, Shore Shot in the beginning of this episode. I forgot to mention that the greatest show that nobody is watching that you're sick of me talking about, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop.
1: Oh, no, not this fucking
0: thing again. The second season of Patriot uh, starts with Shore Shot. So first, it's their. It's on like
1: the UPN Nine presents the Patriot. Bob's nope, favorite not, show. It's not promoted as Bob cash Jones' favorite. It's show. It's not
0: the Patriot. It's Patriot. And uh, is
1: that a Mel Gibson movie?
0: Maybe no. That's the Patriot. <laughs> Look, it's a terrible title. Maybe with a better title, it could have uh, could have lasted a what little is, longer.
1: What is all right? I'll give you the stage here while Shambala plays in the background, Bob. What is the plot of Patriot?
0: It is uh, downcast. I know. I know you're going to do that. There's no way you just set me up to talk about it. After
1: <laughs> I mean it's not like you're the showrunner.
0: I I feel like I am.
1: <laughs> no, what I'm curious. Sell sell Patriot to me in thirty seconds or less. And I swear to God, if it's a good pitch, I'm gonna watch it tonight.
0: No. Oh my god. I don't want to. <laughs> what a moment. No, I don't want to. Listen to that man
1: Wilt in the moment.
0: <laughs> I don't because I shouldn't have to sell you. On what is
1: What do you mean You just said that It's a show that's excellent But doesn't get The push it needs
0: Put it on Just put it on That's all you have to do Put it on It's on Amazon
1: Oh man Speaking of British actors, show I'm way into right now. Just got into it. And I'm late, way late on it. But uh killing Eve. Have you been plugged in on that?
0: Yes. Uh, enjoy it. Where are you? You're just in the beginning.
1: I'm very early on, maybe four episodes in.
0: Great. So good. How just, about that Eve? Oh, love Eve. Wait, no, no, not Eve. I mean not Eve. The one that's killing Eve. She's a great actress. Yes. Sandra, oh you're the thinking. Killer. That. Killer. Jody oh. Jodie Cormer. Amazing. Oh. oh man. And so good. So oh, good man. throughout. Uh tap out with oh, the man. tap out during the last season. Totally? Totally. I'm totally out now.
1: Oh, that's a bummer to hear. Yeah,
0: tap out. But it's great for two seasons or maybe, I can't remember what we're in now, but yeah. Enjoy the ride.
1: I mean, she's something. Yeah. She's up there for me in terms of uh, ac- new actresses on the scene. Well, speaking
0: of, I don't even know if she's British because she does every accent in that show so well, you can't even tell what
1: she What a is. talent.
0: We have to make her yell so we can find out where she's from. See what kind of actor she really is. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, no.
1: See, I don't know where that came from. All right, here is the... I've been getting some heat for how I'm pronouncing this word, so I'm going to try to be better here. Penultimate track. Got it. I thought that's how I've been saying it the whole time. No, you've
0: been throwing the pent-ultimate.
1: Nah, I think I was saying it the right way. Uh, here we are, here we are in Tibet again. Jesus. <laughs> Sit with the monks in the cave.
0: Dan Dan is like uh, Dan is Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. He's actually had the power to free Tibet, but every time he listens to these Beastie Boy songs he just gives the thumbs down. Another four years.
1: You know that like Yao brought this sample or the sound to the band is like, hey man, I want to put this uh, Buddhist monk chant, just lay it underneath the song for four straight minutes and uh, <laughs> feel really good about it. And the guys are like, oh man, uh, jeez, hear you know what Adam wants to do. We do,
0: I mean, we want to free Tibet though, so we can't. Uh, he's so passionate about. But we can't it. not free Tibet.
1: It's like we're cool with doing the concert, but like if you want to put it in the, I'll, all right. I got it. Let's make this album forty-seven tracks long and put it at track forty-six, <laughs> so no one ever hears it.
0: That's good teamwork, though. That's like <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. I I don't know if it's um... <laughs>
1: that's just like a guy that like fell down. <laughs> You hear what Adam wants to use now? Like one of the monks fell into like a... uh, (laughs) He just fell into into one of those big like gongs. He was in the cafeteria and he
0: (laughs) slipped on a tray.
1: (laughs) He's like really serious about using it in the bridge. And I don't know, man. It just seems like a bridge too far. That's what
0: we going to do. If we don't do it, then he's going to say that we don't want a free Tibet.
1: We do. We clearly want a free Tibet. (laughs) Who wouldn't want a free Tibet?
0: No, we have to free Tibet. So yeah, I guess we're going to use it.
1: The guy just tripped. (laughs) Whoops! (laughs)
0: Whoops! <laughs> oh! Well, I've never fallen like that before! <laughs> um, I don't know, I can't even listen, I can't even hear myself think. I don't know how many uh, Japanese listeners we have, but the Japanese version of this album has 24 tracks, so maybe we should do that one. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, I don't know how this happened. What a happy
1: accident. (laughs) I just had this buried at the end of the playlist. Well, I might as well listen to it. Your
0: microphone. All right, here we go. Some gets dumber every time you hear it.
1: You say dumb, I say yum. Wait, do you think you could bang to Simple Creed?
0: Oh, definitely, yeah.
1: Let's say your wife cuddles up to you, and uh, you know she starts getting a little frisky. Things kick off, and then all of a sudden, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, again, yeah.
1: There's a ramp up to this. Yep. To what about when Tricky shows up? <laughs> Does this stop you?
0: No, of course not. What
1: do you think Tricky's number is?
0: His phone number? I'm sure we can guess it.
1: No, no his oh, partner's.
0: One. <laughs> He's very... He's a Tibetan monk, actually. Yeah. Uh, this feels like, uh, this is like, uh, can you bang to simple creed challenge? Tweet us if you were able to bang to simple creed. (laughs) Oh,
1: speaking of which, we have to, uh, button that one up, Bob, about, uh, male scissoring.
0: Yes, we do.
1: Yeah. Let's hear what a lot of people did connect with us.
0: Yes. Well, actually, I, you know, we,
1: we reached out to our gay audience and we said, uh, to the gay fans of the throwback pod and bisexual, anyone that's had male on male Sexual experience. Even if
0: you're completely straight, but you banged balls once or twice.
1: If you consider yourself straight (laughs) and you've hooked up with guys and, or maybe you're just kind of curious, like, you know, how would that be? What would another man be like? (laughs) Just a totally normal thought. If you ever, uh, is there such thing as male scissoring? Yep. And what is male scissoring? It is Bob, two, two words. Bumping balls. Bumping balls. And, uh, what, what did people say?
0: We got a few responses so thank you to everybody who uh cleared this up for us uh our uh friend named dewey mm-hmm. how about that subject male scissoring hey the closest thing to male scissoring would be king of clubs named because two guys end up looking like the card Whoa. the greatest description that's
1: after. pretty awesome
0: <laughs> it's on pornhub more of a bisexual thing dudes on their backs balls and junk touching but a girl going down on both of them
1: oh there's a girl in the mix
0: Guess bisexual version. All right, of it. but yeah. well, that's
1: not what we're looking for. We're not, looking for just you can't well, find for, a woman within a mile of this room. For that, we
0: have to go to uh, an email we got from Ian or Ian, don't know. Subject bumping balls with a Z. So this guy gets it already. <laughs> he gets it, yeah. he he gets it already.
1: And he understands us.
0: Now, he's never bumped balls with another man, however. Oh, the uh,
1: old qualifier there. Yes, he has. you're thinking
0: it through, unless it's mild fondling or a gentle caress by the lover's hand, I feel that bumping would cause some significant mashed up pain, it would not be enjoyable unless you're into that sort of thing.
1: Wait, but I, what we want to know is from people that have done it, right? Or are we, I guess we were theorizing whether it happened at all.
0: Oh, I thought that was the one that gave us the right answer. No, it was actually Matthew. We got okay. it multiple emails. <laughs> uh, subject, bumping balls is a thing in the gay community. Yes. But so is everything. FYI, I've also heard of guys trying to shove their ball, or in some cases, entire no, ball sacks.
1: Nope, don't want to hear the rest of that.
0: Into another dude's butt. More common, however, is probably frotting or to use the parlance of our times, rubbing shafts. Sometimes, but not necessarily always, to orgasm.
1: I like that our podcast is now essentially gay love line.
0: It was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> Why not during the Beastie Boys episode? Beastie Boys, who almost named their first album "Don't Be a faggot.
1: Yeah, that was um, ill. That was the decision that would have ill, ill-advised. That's what they should have named. About the ill-advised, ill-advised. nicely done, Thank tying you. it all together. Thank you. Ill communication, all twenty tracks. I give it a B minus if I'm feeling generous. C plus if I'm being honest with myself. Yeah. Uh, Bob, time to pick the throwback podcast playlist track. And this will be uh, your call, Bob. This is a band and a group that you have long uh, admired. So I feel like this is your world.
0: Thank you. Before we do that, we got to thank everybody on patreon.com slash throwback pod who are keeping this little pod of ours alive during these troubling times in the world. We're still in a garage. What a
1: shitty time to be alive.
0: The worst time to be alive.
1: I was thinking about, it was actually, in my mind, it was a uh, like an Around the NFL podcast segment, and then I said, oh, nobody will want to do that. What is a lyric that, that really kind of fits how I feel right now? And I came back to a, a lyric from an album we did, Smashing Pumpkins, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Mm. That's how I feel. I feel like a rat in a cage or a like a gerbil on a wheel that's just going around and around and around.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: That 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 to me is that's how I would describe the last three months of life.
0: Yeah. I always uh come back to the uh every day is like Sunday by Morrissey. Every day is like Sunday, every day is silent and gray. Mm. It's cool. <laughs> so it these is. are good
1: times to be alive. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that uh we spun the wheel and uh I guess it could have been worse, we could have ended up as fire ants or something. So, you know, we we have yeah, a lot p- of things fire that ants, turned out well. They
0: probably can't get coronavirus.
1: Can't bump balls though,
0: either. No, can they though? I don't know. I if
1: you are a fire ant and you listen to the <laughs> show, please hit us up at the throwback product.
0: <laughs> That's the weirdest thing you've ever said. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you for everybody on patreon.com. $2 a month, $6 a month to vote in polls like this one. You guys are the best. You're keeping this going. Uh, thank you to our top tier sponsors Bruno, the sponsor who's been with us for goddamn two straight years now doing this, Courtney and Wyatt. You guys are the oh, best of the best. We're going
1: through the list. And it's amazing, people that, friends of ours, uh, our friends Greg and Renee, longtime supporters, my good buddy Berkowitz, uh, Mike Berkowitz, he is a longtime supporter of the show, people that have really um, given us uh, reason to keep it going, and, and, it, and we are really thankful. And on that note, a program note yeah, the Throwback Pod, we are doing a, just a moderate shift in, uh, let's call it content delivery, Bob. Let's use some parlance of the times uh, effective with this episode, uh, you will get a new throwback podcast every other week. So every other Thursday, uh, you will get a new episode. Uh, That will be your content delivery of the throwback podcast. Yeah, we
0: crunched some numbers in this two-on, one-off versus every other week. You're ultimately going to get about the same number of episodes. Hopefully this will eliminate some of those three weeks off or it's a little confusing. It gets confusing. And, uh, you know, with everything sort of up in the air, like you might be going away or God knows what's happening with, with trips or whatever. You might die. I might die, but we still want to get the content out there. So just a very, if
1: you die, this is going to be really sad. Why? I'll remember at some point in like a quiet moment, I'll be like, Oh shit. Did I really say that? You
0: know what I want though? All I want is when I die is for you to watch Patriot. So that's fine.
1: Can I tell you something? If you would have sold it in the in that 30-second window, I would have. Nope. But just despite you, I won't.
0: They deserve better than me trying to sell it to uh you on this podcast. It's too good of a show Free for Free
1: American Beauty. Free it from what? I don't know. Tibet. Exile. Free- <laughs> that's gonna be my, my American Beauty uh freedom concert.
0: But yeah, thank that's you. That's gonna
1: get that's gonna draw huge crowds.
0: All of you sponsors, Phil. Dave, Randall, Andy, Ian. I never know if they want me to ever say their last names because who knows who they're don't, hiding this from, right?
1: I'm sure it's something they're not proud of.
0: <laughs> Amanda, Paul, Doug. You guys are the best. And Doug
1: can read. Cutting edge.
0: We're going to keep doing this, thanks to you guys. So Patreon.com/slash pod. and uh, let's talk about this final, the song that we're adding to the Spotify playlist.
1: Nice, Bob. I like that transition there. Got, we
0: got to transition at some point. For me, it's either Sure Shot or Get It Together. I'm going to go with Get It Together because it's so good. And it's just something I'm never, never going to be sick of hearing.
1: I knew this was going to be the pick, but it just felt like it. It felt like the way we should go. So uh, let's do it. Get It Together uh, off it, Ill Communication uh. is the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can find on Apple Music.
0: I guess, yeah. And Spotify, of course.
1: And also Spotify, if you're so inclined. Uh, and that is now 107 tracks long, covering seven and a half hours of content. That's an entire, that's like a rager. It's it's a summer kind of party where people start arriving at, at three or four. And then, you know, you cut to 10 o'clock in a while. Still going. Still playing. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, Slide by Goo Goo Dolls comes on. And people are like, what the fuck's going on here?
0: I mean, nobody's having summer ragers, but... Not this summer, but next summer you no, could. Do that.
1: This is not going anywhere. This this playlist may outlive us, so check it out. And uh, is there anything else, Bob?
0: Follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram ThrowbackPod, and uh, keep sending us songs that you can't fuck to.
1: All right, uh, you'll hear from us again. Yes, in two weeks from today. Until then,
0: I don't know. I don't know either. Working on it. Listen to the shit For them is bony. Gotta do it like this, like Chachi and Shoni. Cheese and cheese and I'm the macaroni, so